0: Your host and the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes. And
1: yes, here we are again another day, committed to being your consumer advocate, helping you understand your buying decisions, making you more street smart here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Check us out online, Consumer qb.com Got a great lineup for you today. Uh, we've got attorney Karmika Rubin in the house, also Anthony Rickman, attorney Anthony Rickman, the Rickman law firm. And uh, we're going to kick it off with Diane Vance. We're going to talk about a study. National Association of Realtors uh, did a study. And, of course, it talks about the low inventory, the lack of uh, construction, lack of affordable housing, and uh, the how it's hurting the middle class as well. Uh, here on the show. So we got a great lineup for you here on the program. And I'm also a member of the Keller Williams Sports and Entertainment Division. So it's a new division that we just jumped out. So looking for contacts out there. Uh, if you are related into the sports field, entertainment, of course, we're working through our movie uh, production company as well. To, to really bring in some exciting stuff there as well uh, that we are doing uh, with uh, Catherine Will Smith Falling from the Sky and David Yates and the folks out there. Uh, In the community, so appreciate that. and want to let you know about a couple of our hot listings. You know, the Platinum MVP team uh, at Keller Williams Realty. We're a top uh, 1% ranked real estate team here uh, in Tampa Bay. We've got a property at 5014 Pompano Drive. This is a waterfront beauty. You've got a pool home, corner lot, fenced-in backyard, bay access on one of the deepest and widest and and largest uh, canals in uh, the area. This Gulf Harbors, it's a beautiful property at Pompano uh, 5014 Pompano Drive completely renovated property 1700 square feet 3 bedroom, 2 bath, 2 car garage waterfront with bay access pool home, huge lot circle drive, too many things to list here at Pompano Drive waterfront property you can see all of our great listings 45 plus listings at platinummvpteam.kw.com God is great
0: bears good
1: And people are crazy. (laughs) All right. So I want to thank one of our sponsors here. We also want to give a shout out to Victor and his team over at Chad Irrigation. They do a great job uh, here in Tampa Bay for our real estate properties. Uh, Victor at Chad Irrigation. If you're adding sprinklers, if you want to access a a well, uh, reach out to Victor and his team right here in Tampa Bay. Longtime friends of the Consumer Quarterback Show. All right. We got Diane Vance back on the program. Longtime friend of the program here. DianeVance.com fairway, independent mortgage. And Diane, low inventory, that's the theme. Rates are, are kind of trickling up.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, well, if anybody listened to the CPI report today on Squawkbox, Box, it's, it came out higher than expected. Um, claims for unemployment are down. Um, there is inflation. So, of course, what does that bring? That brings That brings about some higher interest rates. Interest rates have increased, but they're still affordable and they're still very good. They're almost to what they were about the time of pandemic, right Right around there. And um, so, you know, people, again, it's supply and demand. That's what causes the interest. Well, that's what causes everything to raise, right? Mm-hmm. So if you ha- you don't have enough supply to meet the demand, which is an issue, then, of course, then there are higher prices that, that come. And with, with that comes inflation. So, yes, interest rates Now, the housing market is always the one that actually, you know, helps us in any type of uh, economic situation. They are the leader. Uh, Housing and real estate is uh, the number one leader as far as, you know, when we we do get into situations, that's what brings us out of things. Uh, You know, like recessions, we are not in a recession, but we certainly are in an inflationary period. So they want to slow down the inflation if they can. Now, who knows after, you know, we get back to normalcy, which it seems like we are starting to do that, then maybe some of that, you know, some of these things that are out in the the Pacific Ocean, some of these, you know, some of these, uh, you know, items that we need will start coming in and it may end up. Uh, you know, the supply and demand may may actually slow down a little bit. But in housing, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. And, and it's a great time to get out of renting and start owning. If you're in that position, we'll talk about a rent versus own in a little bit. Uh, I want to play this clip here. I got a quip, uh, clip that I played from, uh, I think it's the Morning Wire put out by Daily Wire, a uh, home price study by the National Association of Realtors.
2: So Charlotte, we're hearing a lot about the housing crisis. What are you seeing? Well, home prices are definitely surging nationwide,
3: and it's affecting the middle class and young millennial families disproportionately. One study from the National Association of Realtors released on Monday showed how the rise in the cost of homes and a steep drop in supply is impacting Americans. What the study found was that at the end of 2021, there were around 411,000 fewer houses on the market in the price range for buyers earning between 75 and 100,000 compared to before the pandemic. There was only one affordable listing for every 24 households at the end of 2019, but by the end of 2021, the options were even worse with only one available listing for every 65 households.
2: So the middle class was really squeezed.
1: So yeah, that's a quick clip there. So yeah, so and, and again, these are national numbers. These are you know nationwide. This is not specifically to Tampa Bay and uh, the Gulf Coast region of Florida, which is primarily our listening audience. We can't help you world uh, nationwide, worldwide through our Keller Williams network and also through Diane's network. Uh, we've got an extensive reach. But what's your reaction to that? Four hundred eleven thousand less homes nationwide, and then uh, one for every sixty-five households, middle class squeezed.
2: Yeah, there's definitely, again, we go back to uh, supply and demand, and it's caused the prices to increase on new construction and uh, and existing homes. So as it appreciates, then what happens is exactly what you talked about. It gets more expensive, and the people that can afford it, it's less and less, so they get squeezed out. Right. Uh, but it, but if they are renting, they probably need to really think about buying. If it's if at all possible, the sooner you do it, the better. Now, of course, you have to find a property. You have to be prepared. Um, you know, and that's what we try to do. We have a program that prepares the customers so that they can compete against some of those cash offers. Um, you know, we get them fully approved, get a commitment letter from them, from our underwriting department so that. When when the realtor presents it to the seller, then they know there's no question about the buyer. It's just a matter of you know appraisal and and um, you know title work and things like that. So that's we're trying to do everything we can to put the buyer in a in a good place to be able to purchase now. Um, I talk to people all the time and they're asking. You know, hey, do you think prices will come down? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> we, <Right. laughs> we there's a shortage of houses. Uh, That's right. So, you know, the, and and I, even even with, I mean, even without. You know, so much even if people are selling their houses right now I mean a lot of people, even if we had it almost equal, there's still a shortage of houses because there's not enough houses being built. Um, again, it's all back to supply and demand. And um, the demand is very high and the supply is low. Um, so a lot of those people are, you know, a lot of people that do own a home are they aren't moving or they aren't ready to move yet. So it's uh, it's definitely a um, it's a problem for the middle class. Um, they need to, um, you know, I, I, hopefully they will do something. There's some assistance out there, and I've heard some other assistance that they're talking about. Um, but the same thing is happening in the rent. You know, the rent space is, you know, again, it's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, they have a lot of people that want to rent. And they're building more and more apartments, but they're expensive. So, you know, the the rent has went up. So it's 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 really very difficult for middle class right now.
1: You know something I want to add to that, Diane, too. It's it's yeah. It's to a certain extent, it's natural supply and demand. But to a certain extent, it's not natural supply and demand. And what I mean by that is some of these hedge funds that are getting you know preferential treatment from the federal government relating to their ESG scores. The they are getting these low interest rate loans, zero to nothing percent loans. And then I'm talking specifically about BlackRock, Blackstone, those types of companies are coming in, buying up inventory because they know that real estate's the safest bet, it's an insurable asset, et cetera. And then they're coming in and raising the rates, jacking up the rents for these low and middle income earners that can't afford them. And not to mention, you're beating out veterans who are trying to buy with 100% financing, or maybe you're beating out a first-time home buyer who's trying to buy and get their first home Uh, And then, of course, the realtors and and the homeowners, they're saying, hey, you know, if I'm entertaining offers, this cash looks pretty good when I can close in two weeks.
2: You know, what's interesting, though, Brandon, about that is I actually had uh, I actually had a customer that, that, you know, he was a personal homebuyer and the seller got one of those offers. Right. It was Mm -hmm. a cash offer that was higher. He because of exactly what you talked about, he decided to take our customer's offer, even though it wasn't as high as the cash offer because of that reason.
1: Nice. I love that. I mean, that's, there you go, that you talk about a moral and an ethical standing that that's a great seller. I'd love to, you know, have more of those, you know?
2: Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, Yeah, so uh, what the buyers can do is be in the best light they can to, and have a good realtor to negotiate for them. Uh, You know, and a a lot of times it's just negotiation and, and, you know, perseverance and, you know, those type of things. I mean, a lot of times it's who's your realtor and, you know, what is the offer and how does it look? And, you know, I I always will call listing agents to, you know, talk and not talk personally about details of the buyer, but tell them that I don't give approvals until we have every Everything documented. So, you know, so they're more comfortable. Not everybody does that. So not everybody is comfortable with that. But we take it one step further and we actually take them into a uh, to a fully approved program. Um, yeah. so that, so that they can have a full commitment letter. So it's, it's, um, you know, that's what needs to be done now. It's a very, uh, it's, it's funny. I have so many pre-approved buyers, but they can't find houses right now, or they, they end up doing it yeah. eventually. You just can't give up. You just have to keep yeah. you know perse- persevering because, you know, eventually you will actually get an offer. And and I've had, I've seen that time and time again.
1: Yeah you got to be diligent looking at late night, looking in the morning, try to be the first one there. Put these yeah. offers in. you got to have a great realtor that knows how to utilize certain addendums and escalation clauses, lots of things uh, that you can do. We're talking with Diane Vance, Fairway Independent Mortgage here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. She's our finance expert, mortgage expert here, uh, number three, the top three lender in the country, doing a ton of volume, great rates, great programs, and excellent customer service. We get nothing but 100% great feedback uh, for folks that are working with DianeVance.com. Uh, Diane Vance here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Uh, so I wanted to catch on, t- pay, uh, uh, talk about one item too. So you've got the catch-22, right? So sellers that are saying, hey, gosh, you know, I'm taking my home off the market. I always call fizzbos and expireds, and that I have that conversation a lot. Hey, we couldn't find anything, so now we're taking our home off the market. So that's a catch-22 and it's also another hit against our inventory. So we lost an inventory because we don't have enough inventory. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly.
2: <laughs> and that's, and, I, and I hear that all the time. Like I'll have customers that get pre-approved and they put their house in the market. And then after they go out and they start looking and they're like, okay, it's taking me too long to find a place. And, you know, it's like, you're right, it's catch 22 situation. But again, you just have to, you know, the thing is, is when you're when and I find this all the time is when they're ready to sell, typically they eventually sell, you know, it's just, you know, there's a reason that they actually want to sell. It's just if they can't find something and what, what usually happens, at least what I see is they they find something they like, they go out, and make the offer and then it's a rush to get their house sold. But, hey, it usually sells pretty quick.
1: Right. And that's the, that's the thing you want to avoid is try to have these things lined up and do it in a proper procedure. Uh, we're talking with Diane Vance, Fairway Independent Mortgage. Diane, final thought here about the renters versus owning. And you you have some great programs where you can help and, and people can even text into the show hotline. We'll give that text line number out, the 813-917-1894. Uh, every time we do, we get people texting in, hey, I've got this much in rent. I'd like to get into ownership. So I love that. Can you talk about that? And then we'll call, yep. call to action.
2: Of course. Uh, Yes. So um, rent versus own, basically, if you tell me how much your rent is, give me your email. I can actually send you a comparison of how much purchase power you would actually have. So if you take, I mean, it's income tax time. You can use that for the down payment. Um, Typically, you have a a deposit. You can use that for part of the down payment. So there's different ways. There's some programs out there that help you. But um, I definitely, um, the rent is, is the, the thing is with ownership, you're building your own equity. In renting, you're building somebody else's equity.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the short version of it. And there's a lot of other reasons why you can't throw your own house parties. You can't have you know, Oh yeah, you're, can't you're decorate
2: certain <laughs> colors,
1: et cetera, and you know, add a fence and you know, you do the improvements. I mean, that's the, and I think that's kind of like the tragedy of the commons. You know, when people are renting, they're kind of in a certain mindset. When they own, it's a completely different paradigm shift that they go through, and they're saying, hey, this is mine. I own it. I want to dress it up. I want to make it look great. I want to go to the hardware store and and buy some. You know, add a pool to. I mean, you're going to improve the property. You're just going to have that much. Better of a feel about life uh, when you think about owning versus renting. You're building about equity, tax implications. So uh, go ahead and text the word rent to 813. 917 1894 We'll put the plan together for you. We've done this for hundreds, thousands of of people over the years, and we can definitely help you go through that no matter what you're thinking. Oh, well, I've got bad credit or I've got this this issue. Uh, Reach out, 813-917-1894. Call or text the hotline rent versus own analysis and just text the word rent to our hotline. We'll make sure we take great care of you. All right, Diane, thanks so much for joining us. And you want people to hit you up at DianeVance.com?
2: Yep. I have an application on there, and it actually automatically, whatever you answer, it'll automatically have you upload your documents, and I'll have a a pre-approval to you fairly quickly after that.
1: Excellent. Excellent. All right. right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.
2: You have a great day. My pleasure.
1: You as well. All right. We're going to take a quick break. we come back, we've got criminal defense attorney Anthony rickman in the house attorney anthony rickman the rickman law firm here on the program i'm going to talk about one of the latest clips too i'm going to play from governor ron DeSantis uh, just coming out yesterday uh, about the school system and more with anthony rickman coming up right after this short break don't go
0: anywhere we'll be right back
2: thanks for listening to my daddy's show for more information go to consumerqb.com
0: to get in touch with brandon call 813-917-1894 online at consumerqb.com you're listening to the consumer quarterback brandon rhymes online at consumerqb.com brandon is tampa bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894.
1: And we're back. Brandon Rhymes here. Consumer Quarterback Show powered by the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. Top 1% ranked real estate team here in Tampa Bay. Uh, helping you sell faster. Profit more on the buy side. We're going to expert representation, and we're going to help you get that contract accepted. We've got a hot property listing that we'd like to feature our listings live on air, 14121 7th uh, Street in Dade City. This is a great opportunity. Check this out. It's a $650,000 offer for a restaurant. we got a restaurant that has a one-bedroom, one-bath um, uh, apartment built in. You've got two floors here. So you've got dining down below. You've got a banquet hall upstairs. This is a great opportunity at $650,000, uh, a beautiful property. It's an established restaurant since 1990. Uh, Dade City is downtown. So you've got the walkability, plenty of parking as well. Two dining rooms. You've got a one bedroom, one bath apartment, and the sale includes the furniture, the fixtures, the equipment, everything goes. So looking for that entrepreneur out there, and it's an entrepreneurial investment opportunity. 14121 7th Street, Dade City, you can see all of our listings at platinummvpteam.kw.com. And a quick shout out to the Golf Cart Depot, formerly known as Golf Cart Depot. That is, it's Discovery Golf Cars for recreation or business. It uh, seems like everybody's getting a golf car these days. You got the Easy Go Star EV Cushman. They offer new and pre owned, and you can rent or buy. Check them out online, discoverygolfcars.com. Make sure you let them know the real estate quarterback sent you. All right, attorney Anthony Rickman back in studio. Good to see you, man. Brilliant. thanks for having me back. My pleasure. Uh, so, criminal defense, a big topic, interesting topic. You know, you've got all these different cases. Anything happening like locally? Well, okay. yeah. There's not.
3: By the way, you can get a DUI on a golf cart. People okay. think that you can yeah. drive a golf cart and not get pulled over. Oh, I boy. prosecuted, I represented defendants charged with with DUI on a golf cart. So, wow. golf cart DUI. You mentioned it. I be yeah. careful. Yeah, know, people exactly. think you can have a beer, or drink, drive a golf cart. You can still get a DUI on a golf cart, on a bike, on scooters. You know, really? That's going to be a new thing. Those motorized wow. scooters we see around downtown. But you know, new and interesting in our world, you know, we got the Curtis Reeves trial going on right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jury selection. That case has been going on for uh, forever. I mean, it seems like eight years, and that's the movie theater shooting where wow, the retired okay. uh, homicide detective um, shot the the alleged victim uh, over a, a popcorn fight. It's what what the media big the big buzz is? Uh, wow. You know, you bringing a gun to a popcorn fight, and it's interesting how that case is going to pan out. We you know it's uh, been a lot of litigation, a stand your ground motion, a lot of issues with that case. And yeah. You know, eight years later, finally going to trial. Wow. I mean, think about that.
1: Why is it taking so long? You know, people
3: imagine that now people on the jury get an 18 year old on the jury. They were 10 years old when this shooting happened. Right. And now they're potential jurors, that's how long, and, you know, uh, defense did a great job in doing pretrial motions, litigating this case, keeping their client potentially out of prison for eight years An elderly man. Uh, you know, a lot of things happened in our system. You know, we had COVID. You know, COVID okay. stalled our system. We had that's about right. two years of a moratorium of trials. Uh, there was a stand-your-ground motion that was you know, litigated, multi-week stand-your-ground motion. The judge took about three months to rule. Then the defense appealed. Then stand-your-ground law changed. Um, it was originally, the defendant had the burden of proving that they were in reasonable fear. Stand-your-ground law has now changed where the state has to prove that the defendant wasn't in fear for right. his life. So right. we saw an appeal. Whether or not that law applied retroactively, And ultimately the court said no. It okay. didn't apply retroactively. It applies now. So when you talk about the appeals, the hundreds of witnesses, the thousands of documents, of discovery, the motions, the COVID, you know, eight years later, this is what we see. Yeah. Um, despite that, it's a real long time. Wow. Um, but at the end of the day, what's finally going to trial and picking a jury now. Uh, as we speak, they're trying to select jurors for that case.
1: What's the latest on the uh, Alec Baldwin Alec Baldwin, it's still, um, you know, it's
3: still pending. I know he turned over his cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, have cases like that here in Florida. You know, I'm actually working on one right now. And, you know, when you talk about culpable negligence or culpable negligent manslaughter, you know, what the courts have to look at, and what the courts look in those cases, is not just at the result alone, being a death. Most of these cases, manslaughter cases, they're not intentional cases. They're not. It's not a situation where someone puts out a gun, thinks it's loaded, and pulls it and kills you. That's murder. Yeah. A manslaughter is a doing, doing an act that one would reasonably foresee would cause death or serious bodily injury. And in doing that act, they engage something called culpable negligence. It's gross negligence. Mm-hmm. We look at Alec Baldwin, you look at these cases, you understand that Florida law or no law, criminal law wasn't designed to punish accidents. Mm-hmm. You know, Criminal law was punished, designed to punish intentional acts or culpably negligent acts, which are equivalent in the law's mind to an intentional act when you look at the surrounding circumstances of this case, for instance, Alec Baldwin, you can't just look at the result of the death. You have mm-hmm. to look at the circumstances that surrounded it. What steps did he take to assure that that firearm wasn't loaded? What steps did he have in his mind that made him reasonably believe it wasn't loaded? You know, For instance, you can have cases where somebody checks the gun. They look in the chamber. They don't see a projectile. They don't see a cartridge. They think the gun's not loaded, and they go to clean it, or they go to put it down or something happens, and it discharges and kills somebody. Mm-hmm. That's different than somebody who's drunk or high yeah. screwing around with a gun and he kills the guy next to him. Right. You know, so just because there's a death doesn't mean that it's criminal. It may be yeah. negligent, maybe civilly negligent, it may be wrong, it may be an accident, maybe stupid. Yeah. But at the end of the day, on a criminal case, they have to prove that culpable or gross negligence. Right. Alec Baldwin, you look at his circumstances. You know, he was handed the gun. I know he's the it's his set. He's the producer. He's charged. So he has a higher Degree yeah. of responsibility—they're going to look at that. That's right. Um, but you know, he's not trained in firearms. He's not—he's an actor. Yeah. And he got handed a gun. He's going to say, "I had no idea. I assumed that the person who handed it to me gave it to me knowing that it was unloaded." I'm just an actor. Did mm-hmm. what I was told. And at the end of the day, I think it's going to be very hard to prove a criminal charge against Alec Baldwin. At the end of the day, yeah. I think civilly, he's in trouble. Yeah. Civilly, is a production company, everything around him, civilly, is in bad shape. They're going to crumble. Yeah. But on the criminal side. I don't see him being criminally prosecuted.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if it comes down to also having these uh, different handbooks and the employee code of conducts and the handbook, you know, all those types of things that make it say, hey, there, here's a gun. Here's our procedures around these guns, those types of things. too. Yeah,
3: without a doubt. I mean, look, you know, when you receive a firearm against check. you're going to make sure it's not loaded. Yeah. He's going to gonna look at those things. See if he acted
1: outside of that scope. All right, more, more to come. Anthony Rickman here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. We're going to talk about uh, Governor Ron DeSantis and his latest um, bill that he's talking about with uh, dealing with children in schools. Uh, so we're going to talk about that more with Anthony Rickman, criminal defense attorney, right here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Follow us online at Brandon Rhymes one on Instagram, Twitter, and Gitter, and YouTube at Brandon Rhymes Realty. We'll be right back.
0: This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group, and you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show hosted by my friend Brandon Rice. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894 online at ConsumerQB.com.
1: And welcome back here, Consumer Quarterback Show, Brandon Rimes. We've got attorney Anthony Rickman in the house at the Rickmanlawfirm.com. And before we jump back into this content, we're going to let you know about a couple of hot listings that we've got here in Tampa Bay. Uh, I've got a property listed at 820 Pinellas Avenue in Tarpon Springs. You have the walkability here. This is a commercial lot. On a corner lot location, eight twenty Pinellas Avenue, Tarpon Springs, and it's a great opportunity to move your business. Could potentially be an attorney's office, uh, real estate, mortgage, title, insurance, etc. Professional office uh, right here in the heart of Tarpon Springs. Walk to restaurants, walk to the Sponge Stops, and enjoy um, all of that you have to have in that downtown Tarpon Springs area. You can see all of our listings at PlatinumMVPTeam.kw.com. All right, so we've got Anthony Rickman in the house, the Rickman Law Firm. Uh, we were just kind of talking a little bit about you know, the Stand Your Ground opportunity in the, in the Alec Baldwin case. I wanted to play a quick clip here from the Governor uh, DeSantis and uh, kind of get your take on it.
0: We've seen instances of students being told by uh, different folks in school, oh, you know, you
1: know you're, don't worry, don't pick your gender yet, do all this other stuff. They won't tell the parents
0: about these discussions that are happening. That is entirely inappropriate.
1: And that's—I uh, agree with that. It's in—it's in, inappropriate, you know. There's there's like these clandestine uh, activities happening, these plans and communications about you know serious sexuality with these young kids before they even get to that, and they're very influential when they're in those early grades and those early formative years.
3: No, without a doubt, and it's the age old question: When does a teacher's role exceed a teacher's role, and right. when should a parent have the right and responsibility? to tell their kids about sexuality, tell their kids about gender and these type of things. And when you're in a school setting, it's, it's being – it's put there. It's almost forced down your child's throat. And as a parent, you know, what the governor is saying is parents should have the right yeah. to determine the type of education their child receives, specifically you know, as it relates to sexuality. Look, I remember growing up myself, the question was you know, when should you have sex ed? Should sex ed be something that your teacher gives you at school versus right. your parents giving you at home? And I understand there's a scientific part of it. Yeah. There's the, there's the health class that we all sat through and giggled about in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that end of it, which is, which is medical, which is health class. But at the same time, when do you start talking about, you know, sexuality in the, in the form of, you know, genders in form of, you know, LGBTQ, even at what yeah. age do you do it? You do it in first grade, you do it in kindergarten. I mean, these kids right. barely even know, you know, their, their, their bodies yeah. and to have a teacher explaining that the governor is trying to put his foot down, but then. The question becomes, you know, as a conservative, as a Republican, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. You know, as conservatives, we believe in limited government. Mm-hmm. Do we need a law to tell you as, as, as a teacher what you can and can't say? Right. Or should this just be done internally? Is there another way to do it? You know, when we talk about over-legislation now, even as conservatives, we have to be careful that we're not over-legislating, that we're not creating too many laws. Because that's yeah. what we stand against. We, you, know, yeah. as, you know, as conservatives, conservatives stand against big government, government yeah. you know, big brother, government on your throat. But now we want to overregulate, potentially overregulate, or make laws yeah. that creates a bigger government. Because what's the sanction? What are you going to do yeah. if a teacher comes out and she says these things against this law? You're going to arrest the teacher. So we have to look at the end game, you know. Because you know we know yeah. there's laws and rules for teachers, and they violate them all the time.
1: But I think know? what this one's doing is opening it up to a uh, civil matter or something where you can sue the court. Uh, but you know, I think what problem is too with that is you have a, this this wokeism going farther than it's ever gone before. And you've got like, in, in what happened in VA, you know, when they were hiding the rape cases and, yeah. and moving this kid around, I mean, it gets to that extreme.
3: No, without a doubt. And it seems to be, you know, it, we're okay with your opinion. As long as your opinion is our opinion. Yeah. I mean, and then right. if you have an opposite opinion, you're getting canceled. It, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you, you're not woke. You're not enlightened enough. And there is a problem with that. There needs to be transparency. Of what happens in a classroom without yeah. a doubt. And if the bill is focuses more on transparency, yeah. I think it, it has a much better uh, result of, of being successful. Right. If it focuses on transparency as opposed to saying, don't do this, but we want to know what's doing yeah. and then giving the parents the choice and the right to say, hey, we don't want my child engaged in this because it's not health class. Right. It's not science. Yep. This is this teacher's potential you know, opinion that may be against it. You know, that, that you may have fa- parents or families who don't feel it's right for their child to learn these things in first or second grade or whatever yeah. grade they may be in.
1: Yeah, even on up to middle school. I mean, it's, they're so influential. All right, we're talking with Anthony Rickman here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. I'm your host, Brandon Rimes. Uh What else is topical? What do, you, what do you want to talk about here?
3: Well, look, I mean, uh, you know, we, for my world, you know, the criminal justice system, I mean, uh, we see, you know, every day, you know, different arrests, different type of cases and people, you know, calling me, asking me, you know, what do I do? What are my rights? You know, and, yeah. and that's one of the biggest things that I get, you know, when, you know, the types of investigations and we talk about, you know, sexuality, one of the biggest things I see now are allegations of sexual misconduct, mm-hmm. whether it be sexual misconduct in the workplace, whether it be sexual misconduct or an allegation of that, you know, at a doctor's office position, whether it be college students under Title IX or, or something else related to sexual misconduct in this world we live in, you know, we, we've lived through the Me Too era. We lived mm-hmm. through, you know, things where people go out. Um, you know, we, it's a different world we grew up in. You know, you, you go out to a to a restaurant or bar, you meet a significant other, they have buyer's remorse. And you know what happens? The person who they have buyer's remorse against, who they may have consented to have sex, they're both drunk. Yeah. You got buyer's remorse and now you're going to have that person arrested yeah. on a potential sexual battery. And what the state's doing is they're charging it as physically helpless or unable to consent because they're drunk. Mm. And I had a deposition recently where I asked a detective, I said, look, my client was drunk. The victim was all, the alleged victim was also drunk. Yeah. Why do you arrest my client and not the alleged victim? Right. If they're both drunk. Right. You know, why? Because she went to the police right. after the fact, and, you know, and we live in a different world now where people need to be careful, um, in things that they do, you know, it's not, you know, going out to the bar and, you know, picking up a significant other and yeah. the ramifications of that, um, could be far-reaching for the rest of your life. You know, Absolutely. One, you know, one night of going out and, and hooking up can yep. result in you being locked up. Yeah. And, and it's it's really it's crazy what what's become of these cases.
1: Yeah. And especially if you add social media to that, you're snapping a couple of pictures here and there, compromising photos. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Uh,
3: without a doubt. I mean, don't ever take a picture that you want the whole world to see. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a new world uh, that we live in. And you know, when you talk about that, a second thing: if if you're accused, if you're being investigated, you know, be careful. Be careful what you tell law enforcement. Be careful if yeah. you even talk to law enforcement. Do I tell right. everybody if you know if you get confronted by a detective, you have every right to remain silent. Go talk to a lawyer right. before uh, you give any statement. Because there yeah. are cases where I tell my clients, let's have a sit down. Let's go meet with the prosecutor. Yeah. Let's go meet with the detective. Let's explain to them what happened. Let's show them your evidence. But let's do it in a setting where I can control it. Right. As opposed to you sitting there and giving a statement to a detective. Yeah. You know whatever you say can and will be used against you. Right. Even if you think it's helping you law enforcement, if they have a theory, if they have an angle, they will find a way to use it against you. Um, And that especially applies in these types of cases where you have a, uh, an allegation of something that wasn't consensual, that may have been consensual or or something that didn't happen at all. Right. I mean, and we see, you know, people have motive to lie. People have motive to make things up. Exactly. Um, You know, and it's not, not to say that rape doesn't happen. Right. That is not to say that, you know, sexual assault doesn't happen not to say people drug or get people drunk but there are cases where it doesn't yeah. where you know you have consenting adults and for whatever reason one person says it wasn't consensual
1: i think there needs to be a, a law out there if it's proven that you brought false charges against this person and, and the, he gets off and many times it is the he that's under the false uh, pretenses then you need to serve the time that he was going to serve if he was found guilty
3: without a doubt and those laws are in effect but they're very rarely used and you know, when you talk about it, the reason is what court says, we don't want what's called the chilling effect. Yeah. And the chilling effect is we don't want people who are victimized yeah. to feel like they can get in trouble because they felt uncomfortable about it. Yeah. But what about the chilling effect for a person whose mugshot can never be removed from the internet? That's right. What about the chilling effect for a guy who has to explain to his wife or his children why he got locked up or his family or mother or father yeah. as to why this false allegation was raised? Because you can't unring the bell yeah you know i don't i do a lot of media i very rarely does the media turn around and say hey by the way that story we put up there with exactly. your client we were wrong yeah look grady Judd. love yeah. the man hate the man whatever it is he throws press conferences for giving us speeding tickets okay yeah. he will throw a press conference for everything i have never heard him give a press conference and say hey i charged this guy i showed his picture yeah. on our press conference i said all these things about him and by the way the state dropped his charges yeah you're never going to see that right but what you happen is you google that person's name you Google that person's information, you're going to see that press conference. Yeah, you're going to right. see the bad things that was said about that person. So you can't unring the bell. <laughs> yeah. And it's very important to protect your rights when you're in a situation in by of law enforcement, accused, arrested, even before then. You know, yeah. I have people say, you know, come to me and, and they, they say, well, what, what should I do? Hire a lawyer right away. Yeah, You know, it, you may spend a little money. You may do that, but you're protecting yourself. Don't wait for the state to charge you. Right. Don't wait for the detectives to arrest you. Get in front of it provide yeah. you know have an attorney be your advocate as a lawyer I don't just represent you in court i advocate for you before we get to court
1: because they're don't. also they're also out there probably with a private investigator following you gathering information if you think there's something coming uh, reach out to anthony yeah. uh, anthony rickman the rickman law and they can get a consultation from you
3: yep call me anytime um the rickman hit the contact me Call me, 813-999-0502, 24 hours a day. I'm like a doctor. answer my phone all the time.
1: Awesome, man. Good stuff. Thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got attorney Carmika Rubin in the house as well. We're going to talk about contract law and business law and what types of businesses you need and how to, when you're forming a business, what types of contracts to get into. So stay with us right here on the Consumer Quarterback Show, plus our feel-good story of the day. Uh, Find out about this Polk County uh, community, how it drew together to help this boy that got hit buy a car we'll be right back
0: hey i'm ken shamrock and you're here with consumer quarterback show and i say brandon ryan knock out your competition to get in touch with brandon call 813-917-1894 online at consumerqb.com
1: Looking for a venue to host your next business or family event? Make it Largo Event Center. The Consumer Quarterback Show has used the Largo Event Center and the hall and service you get is fantastic. Over 8,500 square feet of meeting space, perfect for events, expos, and trade shows. Upstairs offers space for smaller meetings and groups to include use of their lounge and game room. Plenty of room outside for car shows or food truck events and concerts. Largo Event Center is just west of US-19 on 126th Avenue. For booking and details, visit Largo Event center.com that's Largo event center.com. or call guy at
0: 727-776-3442 you're listening to the consumer quarterback Brandon Rhymes, online at consumerqb.com Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894.
1: And we're back. Brandon Brimes here. Consumer Quarterback Show. 4823 Ebtide Lane is one of our penthouse suites available for sale. We've got this one in Port Ritchie. This is Waterfront Beauty, unit number 405, and it's overlooking the Gulf of Mexico. Just a gorgeous property. 4823 Ebtide Lane in Port Ritchie, number 405. Got about 1,100 square feet overlooking the Cody River with a huge, huge balcony and sun deck out there about 30 by 25 sun deck beautiful property And you can see all of our listings at platinum mvpteam.kw.com and hey, we have our feel good story good.
0: all
1: right so this is about the uh, birthday kid uh, that was hit by a car they threw him a party and that's over in Polk County at Abarto. He was nine years old. He had to be airlifted to the hospital on uh, Saturday the 5th. And he had two rods inserted into his legs. And he was an active kid on the water. And uh, he's quoted as saying "He's uh, he was over there playing. He was grilling for his birthday. And a guy was driving way too fast with his headlights off. He could have hit multiple kids. So there's your PSA announcement. Stop driving fast through neighborhoods. It's not that important to get there two minutes faster. Uh, so when he's asked for what he wanted for his birthday, he said to take the cat. So the community came together and law enforcement officers, firefighters, bike and car club members all packed together and drove through uh, the neighborhood and, and by Travis's house to wish him a happy birthday. And it was organized by Will Dunn of Take a Kid Fishing. There you have it. There's our feel-good story. We've got attorney Karmika Rubin in the studio. Welcome yes, back.
4: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back.
1: Excellent. Yeah, thanks for coming in. And, and uh, let's talk a little bit about contracts today, contracts and business. It's very important that you outline what you want in writing. And and, uh, and also, sometimes verbal can be uh, is considered as a contract, too. Am I right? Oh,
4: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know what? The thing about contracts, and I absolutely love contracts. I believe that you know if, if when you look around, contracts are everywhere. Right. Um, um, you know, in your personal life, in your business life. And a contract is simply when there's an offer made, accepted, and some type of consideration is made. Now, when it comes to whether it's written or oral, they're both contracts. Right. If you and I agree, we exchange money, that is a contract. Now it's more difficult to prove in court Right. what the terms and conditions are. That's why I encourage contracts to be in written format, but it is a contract and it's enforceable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's where you get in trouble. If you're just relying on verbal, you know, he said, she said, uh, of course, you can't really prove it. And then you try to figure out how to prove that. But, um, you know, so when you're in business, you, you definitely need to have a contract.
4: You do. You know, so, so. And it really doesn't depend, um, it really does depend or really doesn't depend on what type of business. Every business needs to have some form of contracts, whether it's your lease, Mm -hmm. you know, commercial leasing, you want to have that in writing. Um, Whether it's dealing with different vendors, you want to make sure that all expectations are in written format because when there is a discrepancy, when there is a dispute, now is, well, like you said, he said, she said, Mm -hmm. and in court, they do listen but if you're not a very credible person, but you were telling the truth that one time, right, right. <laughs> you may not win in court. Right. So businesses definitely need contracts dealing with different entities. If you're merging businesses, if you're buying a business, everything comes back to what is written in black and white.
1: Yeah, especially so when you're forming a business, that's one of the most important times to have that meeting of the mind, so to speak, when you're forming uh, the business.
4: Yes, yes, and yes, and yes, because you're happy. Everyone is is in happy la-la land. It's like, we're going to get out here. We're going to come together. We're going to make some money, some revenue. And that is when you want to talk about the things that are hard to discuss. Yeah. Because I always joke and I say, well, you're going to need an attorney before, during, or after, right? Right. Although you don't need an attorney for a contract and for those who like to go out and get it on their own, you go and get it, read it, understand it, but don't tweak it too much Yeah. because you may take out a provision That you may find yourself needing later on. So forming a business, you need to have everything written out. If it's you, two, three, four of the people have a meeting of the minds signed and dated.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and we're talking with attorney Karmika Rubin here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. I'm your host Brandon Rhymes. And when you look at uh, the the reasons why people kind of the, the problem is, I, I see in other words, is when people get into trouble, it's like they're rushing through things, right? Yes. It seems like that's the number one thing. They're just, oh, I just wanted to sign it real fast. I had to move on. We had to get this deal going. I had yes. this uh, whatever that scenario insert the fill in the blank. Right? It's like I had to get that that this deal in process because time was of the essence. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the key mistakes people make is they don't fully read or fully understand or have an attorney review the agreement or the contract before they enter into it.
4: Exactly. I recommend people to put money aside for their legal affairs. You know, have have it professionally drafted up Um, if there is a discrepancy or if there's um, you you're saying this. But is reading that have an attorney to review it, you are so on target that people rush through. I just want to get the money, get the business going. But they don't think about the structure. They don't think about, you know, what can go wrong because everything in their eyes are going right because they are rushing through the process. But I, I highly recommend Put money to the side, spend, you know, three, four, five, eight, a thousand, whatever. Have an attorney to look it over. One of the other things that I tell people to do when they're reading contracts is to make sure that what they're saying match what is written. Because
1: mm. they're, they're, they're having, you know, they're, they're, they're one way that they remembered or think about the program or the contract. The- contract was different from what was actually on paper, but they just assume that this is what they talked about. This is what would the attorney put in writing or the other party. Exactly, put in
4: writing. Exactly. And then some people, they, you know, you have a conversation and then you will anticipate that it's in writing. Well, but it says here, but no, no, don't worry about that. No, you need to work. Yeah, you right. need to do your own homework because when it's time to enforce that provision, no one is going back to what's said they're going back to what you agreed to That's right. in in writing in black and white, whether it was an email, a text message or an actual paper version. It is still an enforceable contract.
1: So it's very topical then that we talk about mediation and arbitration
4: because
1: mm-hmm. it's sometimes uh. in those agreements, you're going to pre-agree to have these certain uh, you know processes in place.
4: Oh, let me tell you, I have so many clients that are disappointed. Because they want to get right in front of the judge. I want the judge to hear my story. Right. And I'm like, "Mm, especially in a residential, uh, when you're building homes, those clauses are like right there, bold, all caps. Before you go to court, you must arbitrate or you must mediate. And this is by agreement. And I'm like, you know, you signed this. You know, you you, jump, yes, come to me, but you can't jump to me as an attorney to jump and file the lawsuit. We have to take your claim through arbitration, which can be binding or non-binding, but Mm -hmm. it's all, it all depends on what is in the contract. Yeah. And they want that house. They want that property. They want that vehicle. They want this particular item so bad. But I'm like, pause, take your time, Mm -hmm. take three, five minutes. Read what you're agreeing to. Contracts can be amended. Right. Most don't want to, but But, they can be.
1: And then, so the difference between mediation and arbitration.
4: Ah, yes. So arbitration is when you have a a neutral party who is going to listen to both sides, review the evidence, and then they're going to make a decision. If it's binding, that means that's it. It's a done deal. You can only go to court to enforce the decision. Mm -hmm. If it's non-binding, that means, well... We tried it. Now let's see what a judge is going to say. Yep. Mediation is a third party, but they're they're not there to make you agree. They're not there to, um. well, they want you to agree, but they can't make you. Right. They're not making a final decision after listening to both sides. They're literally saying, you know, let me be a peacemaker. Yeah. This is their position. This is their position. Maybe I can persuade the two to listen to each other. And the best mediation is when both parties walk away, not happy. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) No Uh, one's happy. Yeah, I've heard divorce cases where they, you know, they had a certain amount of number they had to pay, but the person came in with all coins and they're like, Uh, oh, here you go.
4: (laughs) Yeah. You know, speaking of paying, keep in mind that uh, arbitration and mediation cost in addition to attorney fees. And if you are a business, you have to retain counsel. Right. So don't forget you're paying attorney fees. And the arbitration fees and the arbitrators' fees yep. or mediators' fees. Yeah. So um, keep that in mind when you're signing on the dotted line of what it's going to cost you if it doesn't work out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we're talking with attorney Karmika Rubin here, RubinsLaw.com, and talk a little bit about divorce because your you know divorce or even like a recent success story. What what is something going on right now that you've done for somebody out there, like contract maybe or divorce?
4: You know, so it's funny because you're like, well, how can you have a divorce case and is a happy ending? Well, there are sometimes people get married and they realize that they can no longer stay married. They can no longer stay together, but they've ascertained so many different assets and they have children. So I would say my, my greatest success story is that we were able to have a successful marital settlement agreement. The home, the children, they were not at a hundred percent happy, mm-hmm. but they were able to live with the agreement afterwards. right. So that's my greatest success story is when we can go to mediation. yep, agree. And both parties are willing to live by it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, Yeah, because you're not going to get everything and, you know, in every situation and and you might be a little bit unhappy. But, hey, you give some, you take some, you you know, that the the, one of my favorite books never split the difference. He says, yeah, you should never split the difference. And, you know, it's like wearing a brown shoe and a black shoe. But, you know, he kind of it's a very detailed book, but it's very interesting about negotiation and and how it ah. plays out and the key with the, that i tell you know when i coach too is about just you know asking open-ended questions trying yes. to find a middle ground trying to understand the reasons why because the reasons why they want something might be something that you say hey well yeah i can understand that i, I can make that happen here uh, but uh,
4: open and flexibility
1: that's right check her out online rubenslaw.com karmika rubin on the consumer quarterback show thanks for coming in thank you and we want you to please go out there and consider committing a random action act of kindness do something kind for one another and be a force for good in the community we'll see you next time consumerqb.com
0: you've been listening to the consumer quarterback brandon rhymes whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Call Brandon Rhymes at 813-917-1894. That's 813-917-1894. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show.